What do you get when the audacious and the therapist collide? A crash course in unpolished therapy. Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca aren't afraid to spin out of control, tackling all the tough talk. Their weekly sesh meets at the corner of audacity and advice, where their wheels and yours get turned upside down. What's up, everybody? Happy Wednesday. It's Rachel Silver Cohen. I am here with the one and only Dr. Boca. So you know what that means. It's another episode of Unpolished Therapy. Let's get to it. Hey, Dr. Boca. Hey, how are you? I am well. What's shaking? What's flowing? What's going? How are you? Interestingly, you picked the word flowing, and we are going to be talking about perimenopause today. Oh, God. All the men are like, womp, womp, womp. <laughs> <laughs> They're totally. like, how do you change the channel, right? Like, but you know what? I don't want the men to change the channel. Not that you can. You could press stop, I guess. Hell but I don't no. Want I'm to. like, hey, fellas out there, back it up. Get back here. Yes. This is for you too. Don't yes. even and think I, about it. Yeah, I think it's important. I mean, you guys have to live with us. This is important information. We might be giving you the secret to successful relationships during the perimenopause stage. And trust me, you might want all of these secrets. And the truth is it does impact the men significantly. And there's a, I don't know, in all my years of working with men, which I predominantly do, it's interesting because as the women go through their perimenopause, the men are going through their own it's not perimenopause, clearly, but they're going through their own identity shift. Women-a-pause? They're going, yeah, they're... Women-pause is what they're going through. They're going through their women-pause. No, they're going through their own shift. You know, we all go through those periods of times and their metabolism is slowing down and they're on the back nine, so to speak, and they're starting to reassess what's important. Some of them are losing their hair. Some of them are totally gray now. Some of them are, you know, where they are in their career and how they want to finish out the game before retirement. There's a lot of questioning and uncertainty. And oftentimes because of perimenopause in their significant others and their, you know, or their wives, or whatever term we want to use, they're not getting their one outlet that they used to get, which is regular sex, right? And what does that mean? And what does that do for their confidence? And what does that do for their discharge? And what I mean by discharge is not the same discharge we're talking about during perimenopause for women. I'm talking about physical discharge, emotional discharge, not physiological discharge. So I do want the men to listen because you know what, guys? Step up, be men, hear about it, be aware of it, and be able to be there for your partner, but also understand that at least myself and now hopefully our listeners, i.e. all the other women out there, are listening and hearing that the men are also going through stuff and we need to be their partners as well. Yeah. So let's make a commitment. You know, we'll be sensitive to you, fellas out there, and you be sensitive to us. And that again, I mean, isn't that one plus one equals 100 when you're in a partnership? It's not 50-50. It's 100% and 100%. And once again, do as I say, not as I do. (laughs) Clearly, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing in relationships, but it sounds really good, right? Well, and I like your math. (laughs) I know. I love my math too. I'm a mathematician (laughs) in my off time or when I clock out or, you know, whatever. But let's do this. Let's back up and let's define actually, okay, by definition, what is perimenopause? Because I know a lot of people probably think they know what it means, but let's clarify that to be unpolishedly polished on that, right? So what is perimenopause? Well, it's around menopause. You're not fully in menopause, whereby you don't 
have a period anymore, but you're certainly not in the prime of your reproductive years where if anyone blinks at you, you are incredibly fertile. Your periods are regular. Your uterus lining is shedding month in and month out. The egg is dropping. And, you know, Aunt Flo is hanging around on the 24th of every month. And you're ready to jump into bed at any single second. And when the wind blows, you are horny as shit. Exactly. So that's perimenopause. So let's take it one step further and let's turn off our listeners even more. <laughs> and <laughs> and let's talk about, well, what are the signs of perimenopause if our definition did not completely turn you off? So that potentially could be hot flashes. Not mm-hmm. everybody has hot flashes right out of the gate, but that's definitely a sign. Breast tenderness, that's right up there. Now, some may argue, well, you know, my tits are sore all the time. So yeah, that's definitely a sign of just PMS, but Mm -hmm. don't negate that breast tenderness goes away when you're weaning off on regular periods. You know, to dovetail off of that, here's a high of perimenopause. Your PMS regular symptoms that you would have monthly, the cramping and the aching and the bitchiness and the moodiness and the bloating and all of that. Good news, folks, that only gets exacerbated. It's like all the time. (laughs) Exactly. That's just like how you feel all the time. So yay, bring that on. Okay. Give me more. Give me more. Yes, ma'am. May I have another? Okay. Here's a fun one too, men and women out there. Shocker, lower sex drive. So that's no fun, but it's not our fault. Please be forgiving with us and be kind and gracious. It's not that we don't want it. Right. And don't take it personally. It's not you. It's the process of our body just not responding the same way. And in fact, sex becomes painful when you aren't lubricated enough. And it doesn't matter if you're using external lubrication. We're still very dry. And so it's just not as pleasurable in the moment as it was several years ago. But it doesn't mean that we're not still attracted to you. It doesn't mean that we don't still love you. It doesn't mean that we don't still want to have sex with you. It's just not high on our list of things to do. Yeah. So you want to hear some other fun characteristics of perimenopause? You're on a roll. <laughs> feel, you might as no, well. I feel like, like we're at the circus. What else do you have? Well, let's see, folks. We have fatigue. You're not as tired as you normally are. You're even more tired all the time. So sign me up for that. Okay. Dr. Boca, you took one right out of the gate for me and reminded everyone of the vaginal dryness. So so that's that's fun. That's right up there with getting better and better. better. We're just having a party here, folks. And here's the other thing too, and and I think this applies to all things in life that set us back, especially people like us who are pretty regimented and we have routine. And as you all know, you know, that control piece of things in a lot of aspects of our life. The interesting thing with perimenopause is the only thing that's consistent about perimenopause is the fact that it's incredibly inconsistent and it has a mind of its own. That's not fun. So, you know, I have this 11 by 14 calendar that I take everywhere with me and I've never had any shame in my game. Whenever I would get my period in big, you know, like a big Sharpie indelible marker, I would write the word period with a big asterisk and circle it on whatever day of the month I have my period and then I count and then, you know, I have an idea of what comes next. Well, with perimenopause, I don't care how many calendars you have. You could go 70 days and there is not a drop of blood to be had. And then all of a sudden, you have a gush of bodily fluids, if you will. And then 
the clock starts again. I was going to say, isn't it like AA when you slip, <laughs> you lose your chip and you have to start yeah. all over again? Because yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. And I think, listen, this is probably a good time to point out these disclaimers. In no way is this real therapy, folks. We want to keep Dr. Boca's license intact. But by all means, we are neither gynecologists nor are we any type of medical expert when it comes to perimenopause, menopause, or anything other than the fact that we have our own personal female experiences to share. So bear that in mind. But I will relay a story because as I've mentioned 12 times already, I am in definite perimenopause. I went to my gynecologist and I said to him, which I say to a lot of my doctors, you know, I don't want to tell you how to do your job, <laughs> but I'm fairly certain in perimenopause, I know my body very well. And I know that there's some blood work we can do just to verify, Dr. Boca, as you and I have talked about a million times, to me, knowledge is power. Absolutely. So if I see it on the Quest diagnostic, you know, lab result, it just can connect the dots a little bit better. So lo and behold, I had the blood drawn and sure enough, you know, here I am. Welcome to perimenopause. But what I want to tell you that the doctor said to me, and and here's the thing, and maybe you can shrink my head on this a little bit. I knew what he was going to say. I know my body. I didn't need blood work to confirm what I feel, what I know, what I've read from just, you know, being a woman and so on and so forth. But when you hear it from a doctor, when you hear it from a professional, I'm telling you guys out there, I got choked up and I got emotional. And hardly the emotion was coming from the realization that I'm not having any more kids because, you know, it's the opposite. That's not what the sadness is. But it was that feeling of like, there's finality in this. And my body is changing without me participating in it. And the one thing that he said, and I appreciated his analogy because you know I'm big on analogies. And then I'm going to turn it over to you to kind of go to some of the mental psyche on this. I said, well, how long is this going to take it? Oh my God. And I'm not even 49. And what does this mean? And he said, you know, it's like you go to the Grand Canyon and you go up to the top and there are some people who go up to the top and they get to the edge and they look down and they just make a dive landing. Okay. And that's it. From the top to the bottom, they're down and that's it. Menopause, here you are. Which I'm like, well, who would jump off? <laughs> I'm like arguing with him. I'm like, Wait, well, do you know anyone that like did that? Like, so what? if they jumped, yeah, I well, couldn't I don't understand. Know. Well, I wasn't, I didn't want to like argue with him because I wanted to hear what you were going to say. But inside I'm like, huh? Yeah, that's a weird <laughs> analogy. What? But okay, but, keep going. But, but the second piece, I think what he was trying to make is that sometimes it's just a nosedive down and you have periods and then all of a sudden you don't, you're in mm -hmm. menopause, boom, bing, bang, boom, thanks for playing, you're finished. But I think most notably, the second piece of his little analogy was some people get to the top of the Grand Canyon and they have a parachute and they nice and slowly shift and sword and sway, sway in, and, and sway, sway in and they sway out. And then maybe they decide to get off and now they're going to walk down and they're going to go through trails and it's going to take a while and they're going to stop. They're going to check out, you know, the rocks and the red and the this and the that. And they're going to slowly make their way down. And that trip of theirs could be a 10-year trip. I now, was going to say that. I mean, it can be anywhere from a couple of months to 10 years. Oh my God. So help me God if yeah. I have to go through this for yeah. 10 years. Wow. So he said that to me and I looked at him and, and the first thing I wanted to say is, doctor, you should probably stick to medicine and not like <laughs> literary like analogies or anything because like I, mean, I get it, but like I don't really get it. Um, basically, what you're saying is that some people take a nosedive down and it's kind of uneventful and it's here today, gone tomorrow. And other people really do peruse through it and it could be rough, it could be smooth, but it potentially could be a marathon 
not a sprint. And that in and of itself, maybe, you know, we've talked about this too in other topics relative to death or some other things like, do you want the, and here's my analogy or the pun, if you will, the slow bleed? Oh, or gosh. do you want to just <laughs> do you want to just a <laughs> a knife right to the uterus and just bleed out and oh and my so, gosh. oh my <laughs> gosh thing, though, I don't think you got a choice I don't think it's like door number one door number two or you know yeah I don't you know, double down and I'll take door number three you get what you get and you don't get upset right I don't think there's any negotiation with this one I mean look there are ways to manage it for sure and we can talk about some of those but I think you know if you want to know what you're going to get you probably want to look at your mom. Yeah. And that is what a lot of medical professionals will say. Take a look at your mother. If you have aunts or your grandmothers or if you have older sisters, and there is something to be said for the hereditary history in that. And that may give you a gauge. It may not, but it probably would give you a little bit more information than not. So, you know, for listeners out there, you know, maybe that's a tip. For me, I will tell you, I never, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, my period and, and I can't stand it and whatnot. For me, call me crazy, call me unpolished. I never really minded getting my period. It, it was almost like this monthly purge of just unpolishedness, <laughs> just coming out and it just made me feel better. And it almost would, I would be able to attach reasons why maybe if I was more emotional or even, you know, physically bloated or I didn't feel good, I had something to point to. I could say, well, I'm getting my period or this is why or I'm PMS. The, the problem for me with perimenopause is because it's so erratic, mm -hmm. it's hard to tell if my emotional erraticness is due to the perimenopause or if I'm just deranged, <laughs> you know, and just that's my unpolished craziness coming out in a more, you know, exacerbated way. Yeah. I mean, I think you hit on it. It's control. It's, mm. you know, it, if you have a regular cycle or a near regular cycle and you learn your body, it's not so horrific when you know on the 24th day, 26th day, whatever it is, or you can count four days from the last time you had it and knew you were going to get it for you to be like, okay, I embrace it. I mean, I don't think I've ever gone so far as to be like, oh my God, this is like a purge and a, you know, a release and I can wrap my head around all of these things. I think I kind of looked at it as like, oh, it's an inconvenience and it's annoyance, but guess what? Like I'm still fertile mortal and I can, you know, do my thing and it's just part of life. You know, you, you said before that you started to get emotional when the doctor told you this. And, you know, my head goes to this place of definitely not about having more kids, you know, that's not where my head is. But if my head goes to, wow, like now, like that's it. And I don't mean like that's it, like my life is over, but almost like the best of my body is over. Like if I'm not at my best now when you're telling me this, like I know I can't be at my best because of the sagging skin, of the pooch that I'm going to get because of it, of the wrinkles that are still coming, of the sunspots that are going to come out, of the, oh my God, the sweating. I am not a sweater. I don't sweat ever. I can go to the gym and I don't even glisten, right? My friends have made fun of me for 46 years about this. Oh my God. The sweating now, you step outside, it's all over you. That sound probably didn't sound really good to our listeners. But I mean, dripping and men, I'm sure you, you can relate to this. You all are very content being in a room that's a comfortable temperature, like let's say 
75, right? And us women, when we're going through this, we literally want the air at like 62. I mean, I can't tell you how often my husband's like, it's freezing in here. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm dripping. Like the blankets are off the bed. I have to wash my hair again because it's matted to me. And it's just so uncomfortable. And I sit back and I'm like, I want to be like 20 again. I want to be 20 again where I don't sweat. I look great. Everything's tight. If I don't eat for a day, I look svelte and amazing. And that's where my tears come from. It's like the best of all of those years have gone by. That's a song. But anyway. <laughs> I'm so depressed right now because I was counting on you to like talk us all off the ledge. And I'm like, I'm hello, to. do we have a therapist in the house? Because, <laughs> because what is happening here? <laughs> well, I'm I mean, sweating right now, okay, for the record. But no, what's happening now is, and this is the part that I'm going to tell you, is does get better. Because I'm like that? basically on the top of, <laughs> I'm on the top of the Grand Canyon right now and about to jump. So like, hurry up and give me some therapy right now. <laughs> Don't jump. Okay. On the one hand, it's great if you can go through it really fast. I'm not suggesting jumping. I'm suggesting just a different total analogy as a therapist. We don't like jumping, right? But it'd be great if you can go through it really quickly. But it's not really the worst of the best of all of your years have gone by. What comes out of it is things have more meaning. Relationships have more meaning. You are more confident in the person that you are. When you look back, you realize, hey, the things that I was, no pun intended, sweating about or sweating over really were just bullshit things. You learn to treasure your children a little bit more. You move into this role of, you know, making sure that you're imparting all of these amazing lessons and gifts to the people that are important to you. You become more selective with how you're spending your time and who you're spending it with because you realize that like, yeah, maybe I don't look as good as I did physically way back when, and maybe I'm a few pounds heavier and maybe, you know, the sagginess on my arms has gotten offensive to people. So I'll wear long sleeves all the time. But at the same time, I know that this is like the next stage of my life. And I want this to be a very full and rich stage because I'm not sure how many more stages I'm going to have the privilege of going through. So I do want to put out there that emotionally, even though you're going through these highs and these lows, good things do come out of it on the other side. That was well said. And that I think gives people a little bit more peace of mind. In theory, I agree with you. And I think we all have to try to remember it. I know we spoke a couple of weeks ago about body image and how much of a mind fuck, for lack of a better way to, to express it, that can be. And the perimenopause definitely ties in. I'm going to take your advice on that. I can't speak to it because I am going through it. And it is a constant reminder that, sure, you know, the skin's a little looser, but my mind's a little sharper. And by sharp, I don't mean memory because, by the way, everyone, <laughs> that is not true. Wait, I forgot. No, well, that's another sign of perimenopause that you forget. I mean sharper because we're smarter. We're more astute. We're more in tune with what's important to us and what's not. The people that matter versus the people that are just coasting through and they're just fodder for you. That's the piece that I'm taking in in all this. And I'm really, really doing my own work on keeping my circles super small. As a matter of fact, one of my friends who is in my circle, who I hope is listening, but made a funny comment the other day, something about her circle. And she's like, my circle is so small. It's an arc. <laughs> I was going to say, it's a dot from a ballpoint yeah, no, pen. It's like a, 
half a circle, like an arc. <laughs> and I just got such a kick out of that. So I can't take credit. I'm giving credit to, to my anonymous friend who I hope you're listening. You're beautiful, even if you are going through perimenopause also. But so, you know, you said something that's important is you're only going through perimenopause and neither one of us has gone through menopause. And, you know, it's funny because as a kid, I didn't even know there was a perimenopause. Like nobody spoke about that part of it. It all just got lumped in together with this terrible M word, right? And all you knew was your mom became irritable and all of a sudden she'd be fanning herself in the middle of a restaurant and going, is it hot in here? Or is it just me? Is it hot in here? Or is it just me? Right? And you didn't really understand that there was a whole lead up to to it. So I don't think that I, as a psychologist, I'm not equipped to have the discussion and to educate us. I mean, I can talk about the physiological parts of it and the psychological parts of it, but not having gone through it, I would like somebody who's more, I would say more skilled, but I don't think that's actually the Well, more seasoned, more mature. More seasoned, more experienced, sure, go through it. So I would like to encourage us to bring on a guest because somebody who's well on the other side of it and give us hope that they come out of it and there's life on the other side. Absolutely. And I want to tell you the women that I have spoken to that are on the other side. And if there's anything I can convey here in a positive light, it's that it ain't so bad. It's actually pretty damn good. So we are, and again, this kind of speaks to a lot of our themes, that limbo, Mm -hmm. flux, indifference, you know, change where you're not on one side or the other, but you're really just like, again, maybe you're parachuting down that Grand Canyon and you don't know which way you're going. That's the piece that we're speaking of that can be so unpolished and so uncomfortable and and so confusing. But I do believe that once on the other side, it's the meadow. And and you can smell those roses and they're beautiful. And and there's life after menopause for a full, even maybe your sex drive comes back and you're vivacious and love is to be had. I never want to, you know, argue that that dies too, because I sure as hell know that it doesn't. And I would love at some point to have someone who's well-versed in this that can shed, (laughs) no pun, but shed some positive light on that for us and so that we can all learn. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things the therapist in me is wanting to say is men, women who are in relationships or starting relationships, the best thing that I can tell you to do through this process, because like you said, it's for people who can't live with no control or who can't live in the limbo state. It's an anxiety producing place to be. And we always go back to knowledge is power, but you think about it from your partner's perspective. If you try to keep all of this from your partner and you don't communicate with them and you don't share with them the fears and the uncertainties and the scariness of it and the discomfort of it, then it doesn't offer them an opportunity to share the unpredictability and the, I don't know how to respond to you when moments. And that's what we need in these moments is we need the support and we need the love and we need the consistency. We need the wall there that we can put our arm out, our hands out and know, hey, everything else in our life might be changing, but this is good. Mm, mm. And you know what else I was thinking too? We as women, if we are vulnerable enough, but confident enough to share these vulnerabilities, if you will, with our partner, doesn't it then 
give our partner an opportunity to say, well, hey, wait a minute. Like, it's okay because now you've actually given me permission to share with you what potentially, okay, I'm not speaking for what I don't know, but what I assume maybe, as you mentioned earlier, you know, what could be going on physically in a man's reproductive system as they get older and what their limitations or not are. And then just, you know, those lines of communication are more well-oiled and the conversation is happening as opposed to laying dormant. Yeah. And, you know, nobody's a mind reader and it's the worst feeling in the world to be with somebody and they're trying to guess what it is that you're going through, what you're experiencing. And then that is going to shift anyway, right? So then they wind up all over the place where if you know that they understand they're aware, you guys have an open line of communication, then there is something that is staying stable that you can ground yourself to even throughout all of these changes. And that is key. You know, anytime you're riding in the waves, you want to hold on to, you know, the side of something, if there was something, whether it's driftwood or a boat, you want to hold on to something that's stable. And so I would always say communication, especially through this time, is key. Agreed. Agreed. And it's a hard thing to communicate. We're not denying that. But when you trust your partner, it shouldn't be as hard as I think society potentially makes it out to be. It shouldn't Mm -hmm. be that taboo, especially behind closed doors when it's just you and your partner. It doesn't have to be public consumption. But I'm happy you and I are talking about it publicly because, again, if it can help someone else, then we're doing our job. Absolutely. And by partner, it can also be a friend for people who don't have partners. If you have a girlfriend that's going through it and you talk to them and are open about it and they're open about it, you guys can be each other's support and each other's rock because chances are you're both not having the hot flash at the exact same time. Yeah. I wrote an article recently and I'll, um, I'll try to recirculate it out. But if you guys head over to my website, silverunpolished.com, there was an article I wrote a while back, I guess when this first started for me within the last several months called, I think it was something along the lines of like an open letter to my 48-year-old hormones mm-hmm. or whatnot. And you know, we do have to have a sense of humor about it because sure. we didn't do anything wrong. It's not our fault. So as we always say, you know, a sense of humor is the best medicine and laughter is the best medicine. And you know, that is maybe a good Percocet to take away the cramps if you I was, need it. But. I was going to say a glass of wine, but either or, I yeah. mean, you know. Yeah. Or if you have like a heating pad. I mean, I have to tell you, Dr. Boba, I never had to do this before. But now when my period decides to grace me with her presence, I now have a heating pad that's like a sock uh-huh. that I have with like dry rice. Mm-hmm. And I was told to get some lavender oil and I put it in the microwave. And I will tell you, I mean, if I could charade this out for you, I would, where I would will literally be like rocking, okay, in a corner with this heating pad sock full of rice and lavender hot out of Mm -hmm. the microwave to try to calm the pain because the cramps are something that I I really never had when I was just having regular menstrual cycles. Mm -hmm. And so that this even is new to me. It was never something that was a big deal. Um, Yeah, I guess, (laughs) you know, I mean, call it what you will. I don't know what you call it. And who do we talk to about this? Like, I mean, in today's modern world there, you would think that like there would be a better way. You know, look, they've come out with things that do, do help, you know, the, the hormone replacements and the patches and some low doses of birth control pills. And people do say that that stuff works. I'm not sure necessarily in the perimenopause stage, it may work better in the menopause stage. 
But it's still, you know, those are options that you can talk to your doctor about and pursue to help offset some of the night sweats and the hot flashes and the mood irregularities and the painful periods and things like that. So there are things. But yes, at this day and age, we really should have a pill that you can take that makes the whole process just like beam you onto the other side. Exactly. Be me up, Scotty. Exactly. So look, this is something to be continued as we go through the process. I'm sure this will come up many, many more times over the years, but we wanted to at least put it out there and begin the conversation because I do think it's an important one. Yeah, I agree. And we really are. It's just the tip of the iceberg on this, but it's just a way to start the conversation. We will circle back because again, you know, we're not doctors when it comes to gynecological issues and things of that nature. So definitely reach out to your healthcare professional and ask those questions, make the appointment if you feel that you're starting to go through those quote unquote changes. And if you're going through it, let us know. We certainly want to hear how you're handling it. Obviously, if you're completely through it on the menopause side, we definitely want to hear from you because we can certainly use your input and your wisdom. But for now, you know, we just kind of wanted to, I guess, what Dr. Boca? Let it flow. Let it flow and just get that conversation out there, um, you know, for you first timers. But, um, you know, obviously something that we can really dive in a little bit deeper to down the road. But the men out there, if you are still listening, be sensitive, you know, be patient and we'll return that favor back. Open communication is the key to everything. And um, open communication is the best communication for your mental health, your physical health, and certainly your emotional health with yourself and your loved ones. So Dr. Boga, why don't we wrap it up here? You know, I know we've just kind of skimmed the surface with perimenopause, but we could go on and on and we'll take it into another episode down the road, maybe with some experts who have more wisdom than us on the other side with menopause. But for now, everyone, think about what we've said. We're here. If you have any questions or concerns, if you want to share anything that you're going through any of your signs or symptoms, or if you agree or disagree, certainly reach out and let us know. We're on Instagram at Unpolished Therapy. We're on Twitter at Untherapy, I believe, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. We are unpolishedtherapy at gmail.com. You can always check out our website for all of our episodes, unpolishedtherapy.com and download us, you know, wherever you get your podcasts and share with your friends and like us and a review and a rate. I know we haven't asked for that in a while, but that certainly does help get our information out there. So from all of us here, Dr. Boca and myself, this has been another episode of Unpolished Therapy. Have a wonderful week, everyone. We'll see you next time. Great sesh, girls. Hey, everyone, like what you heard? Then don't miss out on what comes next. Subscribe now and please give the girls a five-star rating. Learn more at www.unpolishedtherapy.com. Find and like them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll see you next week when Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca ditch the couch, grab the mic, and break down all the wreckage. <laughs>